mean, ideally, no, I guess. You missed the <laughs> golden conversation about Destiny naming Wait, wait, wait we can do this again. Chad, yeah, we you can checked your life No, yeah. no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Please, no. What is, what is this light level you refer to? I know it as gear score. Oh, yeah, sorry, gear score. <laughs> uh, plus your power level. Forecast episode 158. Forecast is a bi-weekly podcast streamed on Thursdays and released on YouTube and podcast on Fridays. We are a community of people who love exploring and discussing all kinds of things from video games and board games to film and TV to our everyday life experiences. If you'd like to know more about what we do, you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash the horizon FB, or you can come hang out in our Discord channel, or you can check out our website, we're the horizon.com. Uh, we have a bunch of original content there for you to browse through, including our multi-arc Starfinder adventure, the Discord and Signal, which we just finished the third book of the first AP. Very excited. Uh, additionally, everything we talk about is in our cast notes, which is pushed out to whatever podcasting app you are using. I am Aaron, joined by a couple additional peeps. Caleb? Yeah, it's me. Uh, Jake? Yo, what up? Owen? Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary Chad? Pals. What it do? And Al? How we doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Appreciate it. Just, just Al. <laughs> All right, off the top. You can call I him I have a list today, guys, that I am oh, I am excited about. Is everybody mm. pumped? I'm so scared. Nope. My list of lists. All right, this is it. <sighs> Buckle up. It is 13 bands with their own official board games. Oh, Oh, weird. Okay. Okay. Very strange. One of these. I know one of them. Yeah. 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 Everybody knows one of them because we've all played it. But here we go. From the top, the Beatles have a game called Flip Your Wig. I hate it. Uh, That's not the one I was thinking of. (laughs) Currently on Board Game Geek, it has a 3.5. Yeah. Wow. Out Mm -hmm. of five? Uh, it is two to four players. A uh, game takes 20 minutes. Basically, you roll a die, you advance spaces, and then you pick up one of two cards. And the two cards either let you steal a card from another player or lose a card. And that is the entirety of the game. Wow. Like worse Candyland. Yeah. There, okay, let's be honest. <laughs> Nothing can possibly be worse than Candyland. Oh. Um, yes, have you played can. Monopoly before? Monopoly at least has some rule set. Candyland is just pure randomness and chaos. It's wild. Good yeah, Lord, but nobody gets mad about Candyland. Yeah, at least Candyland's like quick. You know? Yeah, true, 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 true. All right, number two, uh, the Decemberists published Illimat, okay. which, yeah. if you've not played Illimat, it is a I don't know neoclassic card game with a twist. Uh, you make decks. You have four different fields. You're planting and harvesting, and I don't know. There's two other mechanics too, and wild <laughs> so game, in- wild game. Stockpiling. Yeah. Stockpiling. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm honestly not convinced I've ever played that game correctly. Every time we play it, it's like, oh, that's not really how that works. You know that whole, like, you know that whole thing we have every time we go to, like, a a PAX Unplugged or something and we play a game and it's like the first round, we have to consult the quote, never used or not often used rule set of the rule book? Yeah. 
classic. Every time. Uh, Illumat is that game. In fact, there is a rule that Caleb absolutely loves, which is called harmonic convergence. A stupid rule. And if you ever flip all four of your little... I can't remember what they're called, but all four of the big, uh, uh, they're like gods that are basically c- controlling some of the mechanics of the game. If you ever flip all four of them, then everybody gets up, moves to another, like to your person to your left, and then you take their cards and their score, which yeah, is, is how Caleb lost one time. Yeah. It's wild. I'm with Jake. I think like, I think the manual just changes itself in between yeah. <laughs> when you play. I mean, it does look like a little bit like Ouija. You know? Yeah, it's mm. it's it's haunted. It's, a haunted it's got that game. feel. Got that feel. All right, number three, Duran Duran into what? the arena. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Oh yeah. Uh this game. Also, it's pronounced Duran Duran. Excuse me. Okay. Yeah. Duran Duran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not Ran. It's Ran. Uh, in. You know, like, oh. Duran Duran. In this Duran Duran yeah. game, which is two to four players, uh, you been, begin with starting your journey on the outer ring of the game board, and players try to collect five matching pairs of disc cards, which are the most popular singles. Mm-hmm. Oh, how fun. Is everybody excited about that game? Yes? Sounds great. Awesome. Oh, this game looks awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, number four, we have Grateful Dead, the game. What a good name. This, this track. Which Real original game. Uh, <laughs> surprisingly, it's for Iron Maiden. Ah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, players travel through time with the Grateful Dead, collecting concert tickets along the way by answering both interactive and trivia-oriented questions. <laughs> what are non-interactive questions? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> you don't answer just them. Just ask, and it's like, you hear okay. them, They're rhetorical. and that's the end of it. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Ah, uh, man, what a game. What a game. All right, number, what was that? These aren't actually numbered. One, two, three, four. Okay, so number five. Oh, it's like four, yeah. We have Guar versus Time. Have you ever even heard of the band Guar? Is Guar a band? I know Guar. Guar, Guar is, is a band. band. Yeah. What t- can you Guar. enlighten us? What type of music do they play, Owen? Uh, I believe there's some sort of like metal, metal band? band of some okay. sort. They their shtick is they're all dressed up in like costumes of like these kind of like oh, demonic God. things, oh, <laughs> and, and so they just like play metal in these like very elaborate and gory costumes that like will like po- they like they'll like pop an arm off or something in the middle Excellent. of a show. Love it. It's it's very they look bizarre. Really cringy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guar versus Time is a deck building game for three to five Bohabs, featuring your favorite Guar characters as well as their enemies from throughout the band's decades long history. Are Bohabs like what they call the fan group for the I'm gonna Guar? guess I would assume like juggalos, guess. but for, yeah. for Guar. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number six, we have Iron Maiden, the ultimate oh. adventure strategy game. Which I was of wondering course... why Iron Maiden was at the top of your list. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's a weird pick, but all right. <laughs> this is a game actually not for about Iron Maiden. This is about the Grateful Dead. Uh, <laughs> incredible <laughs> game. Incredible game. Latest strategy game from WizKids Games focuses on heavy metal legends, Iron Maiden, and you travel across time and space competing with other players to collect lyrics, tour stops, instruments, t-shirts, and albums to be the first one one to unlock the faces of Eddie and carry out his own destiny to win the game. So it sounds very similar to the Grateful Dead one. Yeah. Probably. Probably. (laughs) 
Number. Why well, wish these had numbers? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> Just seven, stop six, opening seven. with the number. Just say the next <laughs> yeah. one. The next one is. It's seven. Next one is Kiss, the tour game. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sure. Uh, it's the end of the road for these rock and roll warriors. This game has players compete to be the first to play concerts and collect guitar picks, gathering rock star paychecks along the way. A lot of these games sound very similar in terms yeah. of you're just following the band around like a groupie, mm-hmm. collecting things. The next game, we have Bob Marley, Unity. <laughs> okay. Wow. This, game's currency, game. this game's currency is love, and Aww. it is gained... <laughs> by performing at concerts. During a turn, the active player moves to spaces on the board to set up concerts, collects fans, and places them on their concerts. The more fans at your concert, the more love you gain when you perform there. Aw. Mm-hmm. Bob dark. Marley game. You say it's kind of dark? It also apparently... Yeah. Mm. Like your self-worth I... is defined by how many fans you have. Alex, you you know that's just life, right? By how much people love you. How much yes. love you get is based on like a commercially available product that you put out. Yeah, it's called capitalism, Alex. Read a book. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently the game also uh is all recycled paper products and contains no plastics and is part of the one tree planted and forest for all forever. Um like uh nonprofits. Oh, of course good it for is. Them. Of course it is. Yeah. Up next, we have, and this is a weird one, Metallica Clue. I love that. That's great. That's great. <laughs> okay. I was, I was wondering when we're we going to get into this part. The band, the band and crew are back at headquarters to record Metallica's next album. But with all the excitement, a key piece of equipment has gone missing. As the Ouch. hours tick by, the group grows more and more eager to begin. They decide to split up and scour the building for any trace of their missing equipment. Find out what piece has gone missing, where it's hiding, and who finds the record so the recording session can get back on track. So there's not, no one even dies. Yeah. Apparently not. It's just a piece that went missing, but you still have to figure out the what, where, and Also, who. one of the, yeah, the who is who finds the missing piece? Yeah, and what's who the finds what? That's weird. Yeah. Isn't the what? Is it a different... Are they not sure what equipment they're missing? They're not sure what equipment they're missing. <laughs> We're missing a piece of equipment we can't record. What is it? I have no idea. Yeah. Nothing's well, working. I don't know. <laughs> Up next, we have Motorhead, the rock game of the century. Ooh, of the century. Okay. Of the century. Right. The, rock science, the rock science Motorhead game includes 1,600 questions on the band's history, from Lemmy's first steps into rock and roll to the awakening of the monster... That Motorhead is today. Round up your friends and play the loudest trivia game in the world. Three levels of difficulty include poser, fan, and scientist. And tense betting means the that... weird last one. <laughs> no, I like. I think the last one's just science question. <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. It's pure I feel like they should have gone like mechanic or something, you know? Or motor. I, I kind of like the. <laughs> I, I like that the questions come in deck boxes that are designed to look like um, amp mm, heads. Mm. Like that's I like cool. that. That's like a neat design thing. As I'm like looking through some of this. Up next, we have Elvis Smarts, which is a fabulously fun way to learn about the King Elvis Presley. Written by experts and designed to teach. This question and answer game covers four topics: legend and legacy, music and magic on the silver screen, and on the road. It also comes with a 12-page Elvis tip guide and a score pad and a sturdy flip box top. <laughs> All right. That sounds what's, horrible. Yeah, what's a tip guide? 
Ah. Does she have the answers? It's if you've never heard of Elvis. It oh, just you're going to you lose like, this game probably. Hey. <laughs> Here's some tips when answering questions. Most of our answers are actually B and C in the multiple choice. <laughs> Up next we have, oh, and this one's sad. The Rolling oh. Stones Trivial Pursuit Collector's oh. Edition. Didn't even Who try e- for that one, huh? Hey. Does anybody even like Trivial Pursuit? First of all, really? Yes. I like it. It's fun. <sighs> it's it's like playing trivia with your friends. It's like that. Uh, uh, you know how people get like mad that Monikers is basically just fishbowl. It's like a less good version of fishbowl because you don't get to like customize your answers. Mm-hmm. Trivial Pursuit is just like asking your friends a bunch of questions about things that you know and they don't. And whenever they get it wrong, you can just point at them and go. <laughs> That's it. That's it does it sound fun when Except you describe I always it like lose. That. Yeah. So, <laughs> man. Last but not least, we have Sabaton, a battle through history. Hmm, that's a fun idea. Each player dresses the part of a time-traveling storyteller, a Sabaton, whose journey through historical eras enables them to relive epic battles alongside legendary troops and heroes. Players can both face the story, represented by cards on the main board, and challenge the other players by deploying archers, tanks, airplanes, Vikings, and any other troops that they were able to conquer. That sounds kind of cool. Was I was going to say, weird? I'm looking at it. This seems like a neat game. It could be interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's as far as like I can tell off this, there's at least one game on here that is quality. Oh. Illumat. So, I don't want to ruin it. It comes out December 13th, 2021. So you'll notice that is in the past. <laughs> but the only link mm. on this site is to pre-order it. Oh. Mm. Mm. I'm not little... quite out yet. Uh. Got to get that got to get that Kickstarter. Caleb, you didn't yeah. you didn't back it? No, I didn't. Wasn't didn't, a rogue didn't back it. Oh, it's true. It wasn't roguelike deck building. Alex, what was that game you were talking about? You mentioned the other day that you found the perfect game for Caleb. It had like the exact combination oh. of things Caleb would play. Yeah, it was a roguelike deck builder with RPG elements, and it had four-player co-op in it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, we can oh. talk about that. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say I'm I'm slightly impressed by this list, but also disappointed that uh, every band that you mentioned had a Monopoly. Of, I mean... And that was not on the list. Like, there was no, like, Metallica Monopoly uh, or... I, I was kind of bummed that the uh, the Metallica Clue was there because there was a bunch of bands with like a Clue or like a battleship, like a lot of the kind of like normal board games with just like skin with like Rolling Stones None of or whatever. I, I feel like that reinforces yeah. Caleb's point that you know Monopoly is just one of the worst board games to ever exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you pretty much theme Monopoly whatever you want. There's a there's a Star Trek Monopoly. There's a freaking probably a Catan Monopoly where there's some crossover. <laughs> Awful. Anyway, that yeah. was 13 bands who have original board games. Original board games. Let's move on to what have you been playing lately? And uh, Owen, we're going to start with you this week. Okay, so I know I'm late to the party here, but I've been playing this game called Marvel Spider-Man. What does it make you feel like? It makes me feel like Spider-Man. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> Um, it just, it, it recently got ported over to PC, which is why I'm late to the party, because I do not own PlayStations. Um, so, a little late here, but, like, it fucking slaps. 
everything about it is so well done. The story's awesome. I love the plot that uh, like happened throughout it. Um, I had so much fun playing it and feeling like Spider-Man, whether I was just swinging from place to place or whether I was actually like doing some sort of combat or something. Like, it just was good. It was just straight up good. And like, I also really appreciate that it had the right amount of stuff inside of it because there's a lot of games that do the like climb up this tower and unlock all of the collectibles around here that you now need to go and find but there was like the right amount of collectibles that it didn't feel like you were grinding or there's too much of it like i felt like that was really good and also just the copious amounts of different spider-man suits that you Mm -hmm. can wear is amazing because there was like sure i'll wear like the classic one and then sure, I'll wear the classic one that's beat up. And then sure, I'll wear one that's like Fantastic Four with a paper bag on my face. <laughs> because this is stupid and I'm having so much fun with it. it just it's a t- 10 out of 10 game, guys. It's so good. The fact that they were really like good. The fact that they were like, look, it doesn't really matter where you're at. If if you if you web, you could just swing. You just sure. swing anywhere. Just just go for it. And it just feels so natural and I don't know. That game is great. I think 100% of that yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, did, I you, did too. Like it's, it's did you also so pick great. up... Actually, did Miles Morales also come out on PC or was it just the original Spider-Man? No, Miles Morales doesn't come out until the holiday mm-hmm. season. Got it. Which, is it actually a full game? I feel like it's like an like a it is. expansion oh, it's, or something. It's priced like a full game. Ah, okay. I don't know. I don't know how long it is. I've not played it yet, but it does it. cost the amount you would expect for a full game. Hmm. I thought it was giving out for cheaper. You would think That's too yes. bad. Hmm. I will gladly pay the sixty dollars because that game. Slaps. So on a scale of uh, your fine scale, what would you rate this game? Fine. <laughs> Instant. That was fast. That was very very fast. Yeah. Because there needs to be no pause. <laughs> you know? fine. There is no pause. 10 out of 10. It's so good. It's not even fine. It's just good. Now, as a reminder, Owen, this game it. came out before, so you can't put it on your game of the year list. <laughs> I see it. I'm going to be pissed. I'm aware. <laughs> I, have, I have talked at length already with Alex about the game of the year lists <laughs> and how apparently I voted against it when it came Classic. out. And I was wrong. <laughs> Everybody, everybody uh, has their time when they can admit they're wrong. Owen, it's okay. Everybody it's all right. Each and every one of us. Yeah. Everybody those has interested those days. In, uh, everybody has those days. <laughs> but how long to beat stats? Nobody's Spider-Man perfect. is seventeen hours main story. Yep. Miles Morales is seven and a half hours main story. Mm-hmm. I mean, that seems like a solid sixty-dollar game to me. I'm sorry. Did you say sixty? It's on PS5, Aaron. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Seven. Seems like a solid seventy-dollar game to me. Is that better? That's Seems better, like right? a Much solid sixty-nine ninety-nine. Yeah, there, <laughs> yeah, you go. there it is. Ninety-nine. That's really why they made games seventy so that they could price them at sixty-nine. <laughs> that would be nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Nice. Worth it. Jake, how about you? What have you been playing? Uh, what have I been playing? So I finished Cult of the Lamb. Mm. Uh, and that game's great. Uh, I know Caleb had talked about it last time, so I won't I won't kind of recap too much of what he talked about last time. But it's just it's just really good. Uh, the base building is surprisingly fun. It's not like a super deep game, but it's just I just I had a good time. It is you. It builds a lot of like good forward momentum. You like you start doing one thing and it kind of connects into the next thing you want to do. So you want to go do that, and then you want to go on like you want to go on your adventure to go fight some guys to get more resources to build your base. 
and then you build your base to get more upgrades. So that way, next time you go out, you have more stuff. And it just uh, it just flows really good. It's really fun. Uh, Pretty good loop I, between the two yes, gameplay mechanics. Exactly. Um, the aesthetic, to me, is amazing. I know people have like criticized it, but I love that kind of like cutesy mixed with horrific kind of vibe. Like it's the kind of game where like you recruit all of your fun animal friends and you go hang out in the woods and then you sacrifice one of them to Satan and then they all like <laughs> clap and give you like heart points afterwards. It's so good. And then that is just solid. like building your cult, you can do so many wacky things like so my cult. You can get like you basically you make like doctrines. Is that what they're called? Doctrines. Yeah, doctrines. And it's basically like you level them up and you get a choice between two things. And so I ended up with a cult where they were really, really into human sacrifice. And they were also really into eating other cultists. So I would sacrifice someone and they would love it. And then I would feed them whoever I sacrificed and they would love that, too. (laughs) It was so good. It's just like, ah, everyone's mad. Like, I haven't fed him in, like, two weeks. Whatever. Kill Steve. And then we have Steve stew all night. <laughs> Fuck yeah, let's go. Oh, rip Steve. Nah, he loved oh, it. Yeah. He loved it, too. <laughs> it it seems like a very fun game. And also, I mean, obviously something that's right up your alley with a, with that kind of mm-hmm. art style. But, like, it... it I know something seems interesting when it's a roguelike that even I'm sitting there and being like... What's going on? <laughs> like, maybe I should play this? Like, when I'm intrigued with it, you know that there's something going right. Yeah, it's definitely on, like, the lighter end of roguelike. Like, each run is about ten minutes. And I think I died, over the course of finishing the whole game, I think I died three times? Yeah, I think three times. So, it's not it's not especially difficult, but it's, it's fun. Man, I died three times in the demo. Did you? Wow. Um, okay. <laughs> Maybe it's maybe it's just the right challenge for you then. <laughs> Were you playing it on normal or hard? Um, normal. Oh, I think I did it on normal as well. I don't know how many. I don't remember what the difficulty options were. I didn't pick the. I did second to hardest. Okay, I think that's hard. There's okay. one that I think. Okay, it's. I mean, it's good. It's fun. It's like I said. It's a little shallow, but it's really fun throughout. So, like, kind of no complaints there. Yeah. It's not so long that it, it being shallow becomes a problem. Yeah, I mean, I finished it. What was my playtime here? 14 hours. That is longer than I thought that was going to yeah. be. Um, admittedly, I played a little bit past Endgame, so maybe I finished it in 12, but still, that is still longer than I thought it was going to be. Nice. Uh, I also finished Ratchet & Clank Into the Nexus. This is a game I've, oh, I don't cool. think I've ever talked about on cast, uh, but I totally finished it the other day. Uh, is it the it's, new it's, one? That is the new one. Okay. Uh, it's it's really fun. Uh, I mean, it's it's gorgeous. It handles really well. You do a lot of side flipping and shooting. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of cool weapons. It just it kind of just works. How were the instantaneous load times? <laughs> they were nice. Uh, I mean, when you move between planets, there's still like kind of a load time. Like it's not like hang on, I've we're loading. But there's wait, like wait, wait. an image of your ship flying. It's like you a little say- cutscene. You say instantaneous load times like they really, really talked that up when they made this game or something. Yeah, it, it was yeah. like a showpiece for the PlayStation 5 and how fast the SSD is that they could like, warp you so into new locations th- There is a mechanic, right? The the rift thing, right? You walk up to like a rift and you can like you open it up and you step through it and you're basically in a different level and there's no loading. 
Like you hit triangle, there's an animation of them like going and then you're like, you're there. There's no like loading. It's not like, whoa, hang on, we gotta figure this out. It's like boom, you're there. And not like is... you're standing in an elevator for 30 seconds waiting for exactly. the lower load. <laughs> it's literally however long it takes for them to reach out their hand and like pull it back. And then like the door's open and you just walk through and you're basically walking from one level to another instantaneously, which is pretty be, slick. Be good for God of War. Mm. Does, yeah. does the PS5 have the technology like the PS3 does where it just slowly makes all of your content better? Like, is it is it slowly <laughs> making load times better? No. Is lo- the longer you leave <laughs> doesn't Ratchet have the and Clank into the Nexus on the SSD? That. <laughs> okay, all right. Just just checking, you know? I mean, there's there's a lot of claims out there these days. My God, is that a thing they said about the PS3? Yeah, they when before the PS3 came out, they talked about the cell processor and the architecture, and they talked about the media vault. And the idea would be like you'd put a video, you put like a movie file in the media vault, and it would over time make it better quality because the cell processor is so good. I love that. <laughs> I just love that. Wow, enhanced, dude. I mean, what a what a <laughs> thing to say out loud in front of other people. <laughs> Uh, um. Before the only other thing I really wanted to say about this game is that the story's pretty weak. Uh, there, there's a lot of like callbacks to older games that I kind of appreciated, but overall, it's just kind of like it's kind of just whatever. It feels like it's aimed maybe at like a younger audience. Uh, it, there's not really a lot of like twists and turns. It's kind of just like whatever. Everyone's kind of nice. Like two characters will get in a fight, and then like five seconds later. They're like forgiving each other and it's all cool. And it's like, what are we what are we doing here? <laughs> like, why did we even bother doing that if it wasn't going to amount to anything? So that kind of left me cold. Uh, I also I didn't it wasn't very hard. I don't know if these games were ever hard. Like, I thought they were hard when I was like eight. Fair. But maybe they're not. I don't know, because I played on the hardest difficulty and I really only died in like the arena challenges. And that's where they're like, OK, you got to kill 100 enemies with just the shotgun. Good luck. And it's like, oh, they're like spawning on the other side of the arena and my gun don't reach. What do? And it's like, well, die mostly. Mostly it's just die in that scenario. That sounds bad. That sounds bad, actually. It was it's um, it was not my favorite challenge. Mm. What's weird is like so the arena, this is kind of a tangent to what I wanted to say, but there's like three tiers, right? There's gold, silver and uh, bronze. The bronze challenge is the shotgun one, which is easily the hardest one. And the gold challenge is with the sniper rifle, where they spawn in one by one in front of you, practically in a single file line. So, like, literally, the sniper rifle challenge was like, they spawn in, I shoot them in the head and they die, and then I wait for the next one. (laughs) It was the weirdest thing. I thought it would be really hard, but whatever. It wasn't. It's a fun game, though. It's good. I don't know if it's $70 good. But it is fun. Uh, the last game I picked up, and this was... I blame Frank for this one. I picked up Triangle Strategy. Mm. Oh. And the combat's good. The combat's good. <laughs> I've played probably like two hours of this game, and I've gotten in one fight. The oh. rest, it's been anime cutscene bullshit. And I don't... Mm. You know what? I'm not, I'm not going to say the dialogue and voice acting is bad, but I will say I switched it to Japanese and started speed reading it. <laughs> and even still, I've only gotten in one fight, so I'm kind of annoyed with this game, but that's fine. This, this game, like, uh, secretly part of the Yakuza series? Man, but in the Yakuza series, you'd get a cutscene, and it would be like, oh, look, that guy in just his underwear punched a Yakuza guy in the mouth. 
<laughs> what is that about? This one's like, oh, you're marrying a girl with pink hair. In my, where I'm from, pink hair is bad. Well, I don't care. I like the pink hair. Okay, this is Steve. He's from the kingdom next door. And it's just like, let's go. <laughs> let's get to the cool part. I don't care. Uh, I guess it, Frank talked about this already, so I won't talk about it too much. But the combat really, it feels like a more in-depth Fire Emblem, which I really like. Fire Emblem tends to be very like, you walk into the enemy's range with your toughest unit to bait them forward, and then you just ambush them with all of your units at once. Whereas this feels a little more involved, the enemies, you're usually already in range, so there's a little bit more like thought put into it. It's not just like slowly advancing. It's not like a slow slog. There's also, you can actually, like, flank in this game, which is really cool. There's no, like, chance to hit. Basically, if you're in range and you attack them, you're going to hit them. It's just a matter of, like, how much damage you're going to do. And then there's also, you can even, like, backstab units. There's, like, a strategy of, like, after you place a unit, you de you decide what direction they're facing. Mm. So you can try to, like, hide your back. Like, putting your back against a wall is actually, like, a really good strategy. Mm. I just, I wish there were more you of that. You could do back-to-back -back with units. You could! It's cool. That's great. Put more combat in the combat <laughs> game. <laughs> All right. I'll go next. Um, I finished up Hard West 2. I have uh, 34 hours in this game. Wow. I, I do not think this is a 34-hour game. But as I mentioned last time, last podcast, there's basically two different types of games. There are, there are three difficulties in this game. There's easy, hard, and then there's nightmare. Easy and hard are the same game type. You, It's basically like your standard... Uh, turn-based game, um, you know, like XCOM-style game. But when you go to the Nightmare version, you get a turn limit, and you have to complete all of the actions that are required for the mission within the turn limit. Or turn limit. And at, at times, basically what will happen is, like, you'll move from scenario to scenario to scenario pretty rapidly and within the same combat uh, sort of time frame. And so you'll go from six turns, oh, I complete this in four. Well, I don't get those two extra turns for the next part of this. It just resets me to four, regardless of how fast I did the first part. So it becomes a game of uh, almost like a puzzle turn-based tactics, tactics game, which I really enjoyed. It was a lot of fun. Um, so anyway, I know that a lot of people put negative reviews on this game because I think a lot of people just tried to play it on Nightmare at first, and then they hated it. Uh, there are, I was looking back through the achievements for the easy and hard difficulties. It's like around 9% completion for those achievements. For the nightmare, it's 0.6%. Oh my God. So clearly not a lot of people are wanting to play this on nightmare mode. Pos uh, positives about the game though. Uh, I think the voice acting is actually incredible. The story is really, it's really narratively driven well. Um, I feel like you're constantly pursuing some things. One of the notes on voice acting is they do this weird thing where they won't voice act every single line in a dialogue session. So I think that's kind of strange because you're like clicking through and you're like waiting. Like, is it going to uh, load the voice line? Or am I re oh, I'm reading <laughs> this one. Got it, got it, got it. And then you <laughs> click and then one of the characters will read. I, I don't really like that. Do one or the other. Either fully yeah. voice acted or, or don't. Um, but the game is cool. Uh, I finished it. I think the ending was uh, pretty well done. It ended kind of abruptly, but it sets up really nicely for a DLC if they decide to do one. Um, there are one thing I mentioned last time is that uh, you kind of play as these different characters and you're giving them different sets of cards. There's a card deck system that as they get better tricks, it's basically like poker tricks, as they get better tricks in their hand, 
they unlock better abilities and you can get all the way up to potentially five of a kind if you have a joker i finished the game never found either joker and it Uh turns out that a lot of people didn't find the jokers because they are kind of buried in some of the other uh dialogue portions of the game and you have to make the right choice with the people you have on your squad so you're kind of increasing their alignment with you they go from just being indifferent all the way to like friendship basically and you have to work people sort of up this scale until you get to to be a friend before you can utilize them for very specific tasks around the map and if you don't have those people at that level and choose to use them at that time you just never get the card which is kind of a weird way to do that people will never be able to unlock those five of a kind abilities which i didn't get to but overall uh, I would say very, very solid game. Um, for those of you who have wishlisted it, I suggest you play it. Just try it out. I think the uh, bullet bouncing mechanic is really cool. I think Bravado, which just completely recovers all your AP, is kind of a unique uh, system in this case because you're kind of trying to figure out how many times can I activate Bravado on this one character before we've wiped this group because it's usually like, you know, four to one odds against you. Um, and, and again, the voice acting and the story are really, really neat. You guys should try it. It's cool. After beating Hard West 2, I was like, you know what? I need, I need to play another game. I need another t- turn-based game. So I was like, oh, I'll go back into XCOM 2 because I haven't played that in a long time. Oh. So I re-downloaded it, and then I also downloaded The Long War, which I don't know if you guys know anything about The Long War, but it's like on average 100 to 120 missions to complete. Uh, mm-hmm. It adds a lot of complexity to the game. It's long. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> It's a mod, right? It's not an official. <clears throat> it it is an it, to them technically it's an official mod. Oh, it yeah. is. It's the only <laughs> official mod for XCOM Two. Does that mean? I don't know. It's like it more means armor. a different studio made it, but the studio that made XCOM, they're like, this is a this is like we we give our this blessing for this mod. Yeah, <laughs> this is good. Yeah. Good <laughs> um. Literally every the, other mod, no. The one thing I wanted to say about this game is I had kind of forgotten some of the mechanics of this game, so it took me a minute to get back into how things work. But I do the thing that Caleb does, and probably multiple other people, where you just name the characters, the name of people that you know. Mm -hmm. So I have, like, the first time I played, I had uh, Abe, Jake, Caleb, and Janae, I think, were the four people in my squad. I I picked all of us to have a name at some point, except for myself. And so the four of you guys were on the squad, and I'm like, Pulling up to one of the very first scenarios, and Abe's the sniper. He climbs up to the top of the tower, and then the, the other three of you are standing back on, like, a, a single height. Abe's on a double height tower. Everybody else is on, like, a single height building, just, like, crouched down behind a wall. And one of the aliens activates one of his abilities that makes Abe's character scared, frightened. Mm. Yeah. So he jumps off the building, turns oh, around, no. grabs a grenade, chucks it at the other three players. It blows up the building. They all fall to the ground and die. And it was just Abe left. <laughs> Somehow I always knew Abe would be the one to kill me. <laughs> he was the one. Uh, and of course, I decided that if I was going to play this game, um, at, at some point I decided, all right, let's not do Long War just yet. Let's play the regular campaign all the way through because I don't think I've done it. But I also want to play on Iron Man mode or whatever it's called. Of course. yeah. And Iron you know, Man. when Abe kills everyone in your squad and you just <laughs> fail the mission instantly, you're like, I got I to gotta step away. I got to step away. I can't do this right now. It's yeah. too much. Yeah. Anyway, cool game. Uh, I'm sure I'll get back into it after I recover from Abe murdering the entire rest of the squad, but we'll get there. Last but not least, uh, I have been playing a crap ton of Geotastic, which uh, is kind of like a GeoGuessr alternate 
alternate game developed by some guy over in Germany. I don't know. Uh, but it has multiple different modes. I've been playing with some of my coworkers at work. Uh, we pretty much play for like 10 minutes every day after work, just kind of as a wrap up. I freaking love Geotastic. I love GeoGuessr. I love watching. What's the guy's name on TikTok, Alex, that we watch all the time? Geo Rainbolt. Geo Rainbolt. That man is a freaking legend. He's like, I'm going to, all right. One second, I'm only looking at the dirt. And so he'll have one second of an image and he'll pick where he's at on the planet. And I'm just like, how? It's supposed to be the only thing this man is doing. He also he has he's cheating. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. Anyway, if you guys really like, uh, if you ever played GeoGuessr, uh, Geotastic is really cool because it has like a whole bunch of uh, community-made maps. Plus, they have a bunch of different uh, varying game types. The recent one we've been playing is um, uh, satellite images of cities mm. where you can just kind of pan around, but you can't really do much zooming. Very, very difficult to figure out where cities are just by satellite image. I wonder if they've made like a GeoGuessr for Elden Ring. I feel like that'd be really fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I did see somebody playing a GeoGuessr for World of Warcraft. See, yep. yeah, same wow. energy. Yeah, yeah. That, that was pretty Fortnite cool. Fortnite, too. Fortnite? Yep, sure. I bet you there's been somebody who's made it for every MMO and popular game. I Man, I really need to look it up for Elden Ring now. That seems yeah. very enticing. I feel like I would do pretty well at that. <laughs> <laughs> Played enough hours of that game. Are you sure? Everything kind of looks the same. Except for like, all right, we're in the snow region now. I don't know, man. I think the areas are so distinct. I like it. Mm -hmm. They do a good job. Like more darkness and grunginess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're in another dark and grungy castle. Moving on to the dark and grungy valley. Moving on to the dark and grungy lake. <laughs> <laughs> the whole world is tarnished, okay? <laughs> You're right. You know. Uh, All right, Alex, moving on to you. Right, I played Roller Drome, which actually feels a lot like an Owen game. Oh. Mm -hmm. So, Owen, maybe you should check out Roller Drome. But does that mean it's bad? It sounds like awesome. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's um, it's good. I like it. Uh, it's essentially Tony Hawk Pro Skater with guns, but you're on roller skates. So you're just um, killing the civilians that are watching you skate. <laughs> no, so it's like a future game show setting and you go into the roller drum and you have guns you have you know you start off with dual pistols and they give you other weapons as you progress through the game you get a shotgun that can fire you know bursts or if you time it right it's a slug which does more damage um but like the whole gameplay loop is like you go out in the thing and you decide that you gotta kill all the enemies it's just an arena shooter where you gotta kill all the enemies but you only have limited ammo and to get ammo you have to land tricks so you're trying to land combos and tricks and grind and do flips and all this kind of stuff to get ammo that they transmat. They like explain in the lore that they transmat ammo into your gun with like a matter transmission machine of some kind, uh, based on how the, the the judges judge your your tricks. Uh, and then you can pull the left trigger to go into bullet time, like when you're doing a flip off of a ramp to shoot people. And it's a lot of fun to do that. Um, I definitely thought it was going to be like a mouse and keyboard game when I picked it up, because it's a shooter, but it's very much a controller game. Mm -hmm. uh, all the shooting is pretty much, you kind of aim in the right direction, and it auto-blocks on to people. That's uh, just called that's, aim assist. It's it's more than aim assist. It's it's <laughs> auto-targeting. Like, you get, like, a little symbol that, like, will lock on to the person, and if you hold the trigger, you're, you're firing at that person. Nice. Um, and that's pretty much a necessity of 
like you're always rolling constantly like you you don't hold forward to go as soon as you tap forward if you don't touch anything your character will just skate forward forever if you do want to stop entirely for some reason you can pull back on the trigger but that's very inadvisable you will die very quickly um and then there's also like a dodge button on b to where you can dodge like like there's different enemy types in the games there's like guys that are snipers and they'll line up a shot and you'll see like the the firing line point at you and you have like a second to dodge out of the way before it hits you um and then there's like guys that fire rockets and you can shoot the rockets out of the air or you can try to dodge them uh it's a lot of fun it's like a score multiplier tony hot games and a sort of interesting setting and visual style about it cool as it compared to the other roller derby game sorry oh you're good uh the three on three Mm-hmm. Ports roller like derby. I understand that this one's single player, right? But yeah, um, the, they're pretty different, I would say. Like the the three on three one, you have to work a lot to conserve momentum, and there's constantly people like tackling you and stuff like that that you're trying to dodge. This is like you're, you're much more like in a flow state in this game, where it's not super difficult to maintain your movement and like a lot of like for instance it's impossible to wipe out oh. like if you're pulling a trick and you hit the ground it just kind of like transitions you into skating again that's so like they really... skating in real life though i mean you can't you can't really <laughs> wipe out when you're doing tricks i was trying yeah. to purposefully land on my head for a while and it kind of just like flips you over <laughs> and that's <laughs> you keep on going like it's it, nice they, of them they definitely want you to like feel the momentum and just keep up you know your your murder spree in between strings of tricks yeah behind that though yeah nice caleb how about you uh pretty much only been playing uh this new game backpack hero in early access right now it is a turn-based roguelike dungeon crawly kind of game yeah i was gonna sarcastically say that but here we are yeah 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 but the the big kind of twist is uh all of the Gameplay mechanic revolves around organizing your inventory. So you have this backpack, like a three by three grid. That's how it starts out. And as you level up, you'll add like new rows and columns and stuff and increase the size of your bag. And then the way you place items in your bag determines how effective they are. So if you're using arrows, you want a bunch of empty space, the direction the arrow is pointing whenever you use a bow to fire it. So it does a whole bunch of extra damage. Or if you have a bunch of armor pieces, you want them to be touching each other so that they kind of increase the amount of armor you gain whenever you use a shield or something like that. And it is uh, pretty good so far. It's already pretty deep. There's three different characters who all have pretty pretty different gameplay mechanics. Uh, there's one, the main one is just the normal inventory management that I just explained. The second one, you get these illusory inventory slots where you can place every round you draw a set of totems and you can summon them into the illusory spots and they do specific things when you summon them and then the third guy is a robot and you have to he has like a core and it shoots out a laser in your inventory and whatever it hits it activates and you'll get like pipes that you can route it around and hit multiple things and activate a whole whole bunch of stuff it's already pretty deep i've been enjoying it a lot Hmm. interesting Mm-hmm. Is that like is the piping thing a lot like remember that pipe game where you're like rotating the pipes around to get the water to flow to the right? In Bioshock, God, yeah, it's, I love it's that got game. a little Bio- bit of that. Bioshock, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> hacking mini game. It's called pipes. Oh mm-hmm. uh, man, it's it's Good. got a little bit of that feel to it for that guy. Yeah, interesting. Okay, back to really hero. Cool. Okay, mm-hmm. cool, 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 cool. Last but not least, Chad. Hey, uh, what it do? 
What did it uh, So, I believe last time I told you guys that I was playing Guild Wars and both one and two, and we went in a lot mm -hmm. of detail Guild Wars mm -hmm. one. So, still playing both of them. Family Nights were doing um, Guild Wars one, but then the rest of the time, doing some Guild Wars two. Uh, actually, just beat End of Dragons, uh, which is their recent expansion. I think that there's like a lot of mixed feelings there because it's like closing a chapter uh, in, in the story progression of like what Guild Wars 2 came out as in 2012. And then, you know, each expansion has just been building on this story. Uh, the dragon and, chapter. Yeah, the dragon chapter, if you will. Um, it, it simultaneously feels rushed, but at the same time, it's been a decade. Like it's, it's weird to have that feeling of like, like, I don't know. It just feels like the story was very fast, but at the same time, very slow because e each expansion built, but each expansion was very short. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I need to sit with it for a little bit longer to actually formulate more of a thought process there. Um, I do know that I got quite emotional at the end of end of dragons. There were, there were parts of it where I was like, holy crap, this is, this is some cool stuff. And this is like, I've grown up with this and, um, you know, it's basically childhood and it's just like seeing everything come to a close. And like, there's also excitement there because like, where can they go next? Um, you know, they've, they've kind of sh shut this door and now they, they can literally do, they can go anywhere. Cause at each expansion, you've kind of had a thought process of like, all right, I kind of understand where they're about to go next with, an, you know, the next dragon or the next, um, storyline is kind of obvious, but now it's just like, what? Where where are they gonna go with this? Um, so yeah, they've they've added some uh, some cool things um, for the decade of the dragon. Uh, it's the Steam release. Uh, they've added some adventure uh, quest. Uh, it's like a, it's called like adventure hero questing or like guided adventure questing or something like that, to where it actually like gives you better experience uh, as a starting player, so you don't have to like slog through that one to eighty grind. Uh, if you do like five dodge rolls, you get uh, an uh, adventure parchment that gives you experiment uh, experience. Then you do uh, five utility skills, and it's like more experience than it used to be. So you're not really just stuck. Uh, like okay, now I'm level twenty nine, and my story quest is level thirty, and I like I want to get to the next you know phase, but now I have to grind out the level. You probably shouldn't have that happen now. You, you you pretty much probably could just fly through your main story, which is a good thing for them because now, uh, if done right, people will download it on Steam, play through the initial campaign, which is free, and then they're like, well, I want more content, and then they'll buy the expansions um, instead of just being stuck in the middle of the free version and being like, well, I'm bored because I'm level 40 and I have 40 more levels to go through. Um, they also uh, added a Decade of the Dragon achievement uh, thing, which is um, you go through it and you do different events and all throughout Tyria, um, going back from the starting locations all the way through, and you get armor pieces and um, a cape and stuff like that. So it's, it's really cool. Unlockables that the, the game released instead of paying gems for it. And it's armor pieces, not outfits, to where you can mix, mix and match if you want to instead of covering your entire gear. So that's cool stuff. Um, Realm Royale Reforge is another game that I started playing. Um, I played it when it first came out, like back in 2018, but I, it must have been I was either too addicted to Fortnite um, 
Apex just came out or, or something. I, I don't know. So I never really gave it a full chance. Um, but it, it dropped this huge update. First of all, they hadn't tweeted since 2020. And then randomly, their first tweet in 2022 was Bok Bok. So they released this update. Um, everything's class specific now. You can't pick up like other people's um, weapons and, and utilities. Uh, if you're a hunter, you have to do hunter weapons and utilities. If you're an assassin, you have to do assassin. Yada, yada, yada. Um, it's fun. I mean, it it's got a small player base. So if you if you accidentally jump in on the scrim days, uh, you're not gonna have a good time. Mm-hmm. Cough last night, cough. But for the most part, I mean, it's it's a unique and kind of fun experience in a BR uh, area. Like there's you have five ish items at the bottom of your screen. Two are weapons. Three are utilities. One's a movement. Two are combat. And you could just mix and match your build a little bit. Um, Use different things like longbows, swords, uh, snipers, re- repeaters. Uh, you go to forges and you spend um, essence in order to craft different weapons and, and armor and items. Uh, so you don't actually have to continuously look for, for stuff. If you open a chest and nothing in that chest is what you want, you just disenchant all of it. And it gives you the currency and you walk over to a forge and you build your stuff to where you can get the upgrades. Um, kind of negates that uh, BR issue where it's just RNG. I think it's kind of cool. Um, it, it has that flow of like it gets you in the fight faster, but it also hinders you from getting in the fights. Um, it depends on how your team team works it. Mm. Alex, do you have anything to say? You played it a little bit. Um, I liked the ability stuff. The chickens are funny. Um, oh, right. It's a cool if get, game. If you get quote unquote knocked, you turn into a chicken. You can still run around. You can peck at people. You can dodge away. Uh, and, and there's no revive mechanic. The revive mechanic is you just wait the timer. Um, and then you could go to reforges and, and spend essence on your teammates if they full die. If, they, if they're the chicken and you kill the chicken. Um, you also have mounts, which is kind of cool. You walk outside. You can hop on a mountain and run. That's their travel way to get around the map. There's it's no pretty like, funny. This is a, a high-res studios game, and the mounts are lifted straight out of Paladins. And also, there's <laughs> like a bunch of sound effects I noticed that are just pal- Paladin sound effects. It's pretty right. funny. The art's got I'm a Paladins. Paladins feel for it. Yeah, Paladins feel to it. Yeah, Alex, I'm surprised you don't like this way more, considering it's just <laughs> basically well, a straight rip of Paladins. I guess I'm getting <laughs> obliterated, and I was like, we should just go play Paladins. Nobody, nobody <laughs> got on board. Nobody got on board with that. That's so yeah. weird. We definitely jumped into some lobbies last night where we grabbed a weapon out of a chest, but then immediately was getting shot in the back and died. So I looked at Twitch real quick because I'm like, all right, there's not that many people playing. Uh, and immediately I just see scrim, 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 scrim. I'm like, oh, we're, we're running into the quote unquote pros and the sweats. And it kind of gave me a, a new perspective on uh, Battle Royales and the rise and fall of them and being in, involved in the tryhard communities i've never really been on the receiving end of a tryhard community <laughs> i've always been a part of the tryhard community so um i definitely understand why like hyperscape and blood hunt and all those games just crashed and burned because if that's the experience <laughs> that you're getting when you initially log into the game there's no way it's gonna grow so it's like and then what do you do from there as the develop the developer you, you can't can't just magically get more players so like what's what's the solution 
matchmaking's not going to work because there's only 500 people playing. So many people, so yeah. It's like, Seems pretty easy to me. Anyone who tries hard at the game gets banned. Yeah. <laughs> no exceptions. We want only bad players. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, after watching you play Realm Royale, I was like, you know what? I want to play a BR. And then I instantly went and played, instead of Realm Royale, I was like, I'm going back to Apex. <laughs> because there's a game that, like, it's very easy to pick up, and it, there's probably a very large tryhard community, but there's also so many other people playing that I don't right. give a fuck. Because it's not right, that You go hard. into, like, Fortnite or Warzone or Apex, and, like, you can pretty much play that, with like, casually. Pick it up, play around, not really have that many sweats fight you. You might run into a team here and there, and that's just the RNG nature of it, but you play games like Blood Hunt, Hyperscape, and Realm Royale, and you're, you better sweat. <laughs> um, speaking of BRs, uh, picked up Super People. It's their final beta. Wait, don't I you don't... mean... Don't you mean like class-based PUBG? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what they're doing from their final beta. If it's going to be like, hey, this is our final beta, but but we're not removing it into 1.0. It's just open. I, I haven't actually looked in to see if there's like dates for their final beta. Um, but a lot of people are having fun with it. I'm having fun with it. Uh, I think if I actually choose between the two of Rum Rail or Super People to put more time into, I think I will definitely look more into Super People. Um. I enjoy the class-based system to it. Uh, I, I do believe I'm a little rusty on the PUBG controls. Uh, there are some people that are just so much better. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it, it, it intrigues me because, you know, you, you have the teleporter where you could basically just whip across the map in a certain radius if you get into a, a, you know, a bad zone or a, a combat that you think you're just immediately going to lose. Uh, the shotgun... Master can jump super freaking high into the sky, and when I say super high in the sky, like think of like really high, and then like double that, because it's <laughs> it's like insanely high. Uh, then you have the striker, which is just like, yo, let me just turn into Barry Island for a second, and just I- I'm gonna flank you as hard as possible. You're not even gonna know what happened. Uh, then you have the driver, which uh, I- I'm very underwhelmed by the driver in this beta because uh, in the past beta, is you get the dr- the the car. And then you were able to, with your car, jump almost as high as the shotgun master. But I don't, I don't know what they did to that, or if it's like one of the many perks that you have. You have three columns of perks: red, green, and blue, and those unlock throughout the game randomly, as well as you pick up uh, capsules that you can pop open and and get those uh, levels there. Um, yeah, there's there's more classes there, but those are just to describe a few. Um. It's cool. Also, it's a cool game. I should also mention this is like also a crafting game too. Right. Which it's realm is, is it's it's realm rail reforged in super people, you know? Man, it's 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 so <laughs> weird. You just walk around the map and you just hear people like anytime you craft, you whip out an anvil and a hammer, and you're just like tink, 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 tink. Just running around the map. It's yeah, wild. So to so once again negate the RNG of BRs, they threw in like random materials like pipe or paper or um copper wire or what it, and it's just like it doesn't take up inventory space so you don't have to manage it you just pick it up and then down in the bottom left hand corner of your screen it'll just be like hey hit alt one and you can make a better backpack hit alt one and you can make a better uh helmet and then there's like if you have multiple things to where you can you can craft multiple things it'll be like alt one alt two and alt three and you get to choose between those 
uh, any point in the map. You don't have to go to a central forge like Realm Royale. Uh, just anywhere in the map, you just whip out an anvil and you're like, all right, I'm creating a metal sheet. Okay, I'm creating a helmet. Okay, I'm always a, you know, an anvil because that's all you need. I think uh, the game, I, I don't feel yet outclassed. I'm sure that will happen at some point where it's just only people sweating, just absolutely wrecking us. But currently, I'm able to actually get kills, which is nice in a BR for me. Uh, the one thing I will say is that I don't think the... Um, the 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 sort of map the circle actually existing outside of it is way too easy yeah uh you don't you don't really die very often or very quickly and you can just kind of sit out there and pick people off which i think is kind of a it's a weird decision i know you want to like let people live outside of the circle for a little while so they can make their way around and get back in but i feel like you just stand out there forever and we fought multiple people who were just out in the ice storm no problem yeah you have BRs like Warzone, Apex, um, I don't know, even Fortnite, where like you kind of look at zone and you're like, mm, we can't take this fight, and you move in. Super people, it's like, oh, we can take this fight, and then we're gonna stand outside on your bodies and make sure that the last person who's also standing outside on the bodies is is dead. Then we're gonna pick up our guys. Then we're gonna make sure that our guys heal. Then we're gonna loot your bodies. Then we're gonna walk to the zone. It's just like how? How are you? How? Why yeah. is the damage of the zone not more? Like it just doesn't make sense. It's very weak. It's very very weak. Uh, let's move on to one thing in uh, Games World that we have multiple of us been playing, which is Destiny Two. Um, mm. big group of us have been playing Destiny Two. In fact, we've been getting prepped for the launch of the new raid, which is oh, I say new raid, launch of the the <laughs> relaunch of the old raid from destiny one that is content that is new to destiny two which is king's fall uh it launches tomorrow at i think i don't know 10 a.m pacific time and so we've been kind of grinding out some levels so we can get prepped to see if we can actually beat it within the first 24 hours which will be the first time i think for any of us in the group i don't i don't know for certain about frank maybe he played one on launch day before but the rest of us definitely have not well speaking of frank the, is this do we know if this is going to be the exact replica of the Destiny One raid? So Frank's just going to know how to do it. They they, they said, said mechanics are, tweaks. Yeah, just tweaks. Yeah. But but generally speaking, it is the same raid. Okay, so we we're basically going to have an inside scope to this and not really be doing this blind. Or are we going to force Frank not to tell? Or has Frank even done this before? Frank, Frank has, has done, done this done before times. multiple times, apparently. Yeah. Okay. So I, don't, I think we're going to try to do it without him telling us stuff. I think that was the plan. Yeah, at first, at least. <laughs> at some point, we get stuck. Maybe we'll ask him for hints. Is we have 24 hours to do contest mode, which is the initial launch, which has some parameters around it that make it more difficult. It puts you, it like caps your light level. All the encounters are going to be 20 above what your level is. Does it cap your uh, gear level, too? Yeah, and your <laughs> what about your power, your power level. level. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, You're the worst. Um, and then once you finish Thanks, that, that's there. like the base version of the raid then you unlock challenge mode and if you beat challenge mode which true to his name introduces additional challenges you have to complete during the encounters uh then you'll unlock a special triumph they have to do all that within the first 24 hours of the raid release also the first team in the world that does it gets a bunch of special stuff they get like a basically like a wrestling belt like world's first thing with their title with their gamer and, tags on it yeah and they get like uh rings like super bowl rings essentially and like why wow. it's so weird i don't it's know cool i mean it's a feat 
I mean, yeah, that's cool. The, the first time we we were talking about this a while ago, but uh, Last Wish, which is infamously one of the hardest raids in in Destiny, took like eighteen hours for the first clear. And mm-hmm. I mean, if you're playing a raid for eighteen hours, and maybe they didn't play for the entire time, maybe they went and slept for a while, but if you're playing for that long to just accomplish one thing, it is nice to have, especially for the first, so a little bit of recognition. Like, hello. Yeah, I mean. Imagine beating it at 18 hours and 10 minutes. I mean, that sucks. Oh, the worst. <laughs> and the World's bad. First is a cool achievement because nobody can take that away from you. Like, there's a lot of, like, speed running, like, is what I think of usually, but the records are constantly being beaten, so even if you have a world record, that's probably going to go away after a while. Like, this is oh, something that like you always Bungie have. like could take anything away from you if they want to. That, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah, DLCs you know, paid for, figure yeah, out gone. a way. Yeah. So they, they showed off a bunch of um, stuff for the upcoming... Uh, expansion and part of what they talked about is that they're no longer going to sunset any of the expansion content from here on out so wait wait let's clarify what they said when they, they said they're not going to sunset it anymore they because... said that they've made engine upgrades to destiny 2 which now allows them to carry it forward into the future and they're not going to have to get rid of any more content and um... if i if i remember correctly <laughs> back when they did sunsetting when they when they sunset all of the old expansions they were like yeah. listen the engine just it can't handle it we got to get rid of some stuff we got to vault this content to make space like, for other content some yeah. of the, the excuses stars, were like yeah you know it's the game's ballooning in size so we have to get it down for like hard drive space for load times for like you know engine stability like all this all these excuses for getting rid of content you paid for that they're just slowly bringing back over the course of time but you're paying for it again kind of <laughs> like, yeah i mean that's not even like a good lie <laughs> no yeah you know it's I, not like i will say if you look at large mmos and caitlin will chime in and say that everquest is one of them if you don't get rid of content there is a point in which there is too much content and you you don't know where to start you don't know what to do like especially with the ui of destiny like i i feel like it's more inviting that i i log into destiny and it's like 12 planets instead of 42 I know I'm just making up numbers, but I, I don't know. I, like, I already have trouble trying to find things in Destiny, and to not have all the content that I haven't played in the past sunset, like, as a newer player, I, there is a bloat when you have an MMO with too much content. Hmm. But to resell it to you, I think that's that's where it's kind of like, okay. You're, I mean, uh, have, they, yeah. have they actually resold anything yet? They're only currently reselling Destiny One stuff in yeah. Destiny Two, but sure. But that's like a complete. <laughs> when, I mean, Destiny One was never even on PC, so when or, they or sunset stuff in the past, their whole pitch was like, "Yeah, we're gonna take this stuff away now, but later we'll bring it back and take different stuff away." But now that's they're so saying weird. they're never gonna take anything away anymore. So assuming that they're still gonna bring it back in some new form, they're eventually just gonna like resell us like Mercury at some point. This was l- the long con, and it's not like these are these are cheap DLC or expansions either. I mean, Lightfall is a fifty dollar game. Yeah, and, and then it's you really buy the hundred dollars if you're a right. Destiny player. Right, exactly. <laughs> and you it's have to one buy the season pass. I bet you this was Blizzard's new hire Andrew Tate's idea. <laughs> and it's gone up in price this year too like the $100 pack from last year included the 30th anniversary pack 
Yeah. And you could get the expansion and the annual pass for 80 if you didn't want that. This year, expansion annual pass, 100 bucks. Yep. Not cheap. Not cheap. Also brings in, I wanted to mention from the announcement, another thing they were very, very excited about. They were like, oh man, we, we talked to the developers <laughs> of the Epic Store and we realized we're just brothers from another mother. And it was like, we're just meshing. It's just like two peas in a pod. So we've decided to move from Steam, which is just garbage, to the Epic Store, which is absolutely incredible. And that's where we're going to land for the Lightfall expansion. Did but, Epic maybe give them money as well? Did that no, 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 no. Incidental? Stop, stop They're it. so over the top when they talk about their own stuff. It's kind of ridiculous. This Didn't is the they first time we've moved. ever done this. They described yeah, they their new... from the Battle.net launcher to Steam on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And now yeah. they're... Uh, they're not moving well, to Epic. They're, they're still going to be on Steam. They're still available on Steam. Okay. They're just oh. expanding to more platforms, which is totally fine. Yeah. If they expand, it's fine. If they just move, it's just like, okay, well, now it I have it on Steam. It would be a little weird if they moved. Yeah. The, the interesting part of that, though, is that with this new Epic Store edition, now there will be Destiny skins in Fortnite. Fortnite skin, Fortnite armor, I guess, in Destiny. Is yeah. that right? Some sort of. How, they're how ornaments, does that so they're work? basically ornaments. Okay. okay. I was going to say, how does the Fortnite in Destiny work? Because, like, the only thing I can think of is the iconic no skins in Fortnite. No, it's, I like, think they just put Goku in Destiny. <laughs> right? I think it's no, wild. Fortnite that, like, looks pretty. It's pretty cool, though. Oh, my gosh. For all the talk of, of Destiny, like, it's wild that like Fortnite is turning into the new Roblox. Like it's <laughs> it's just like give me everything. I'm going to become massive. You want to go play Destiny in Fortnite? C control. We have it. Like but go do it. It's official though. Like Roblox is that way because everybody just like the community just builds and infringes on all the IP. Yeah. And they they're like it's off. it's community made. We can't do anything about it. Fortnite is like they paid licenses for all this stuff. God, it's wild. It's like you're gonna in, in like forty years, you're just gonna look back at Fortnite and not even look back. You're still gonna be playing. Like people are gonna be playing it because all they're doing is like expanding. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be the Amazon of gaming. Heard it here first. Fortnite forty years from now will still be a thing. Yeah, they're just like yo. We're just gonna get all the Marvel IP, all 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 Disney stuff. We're just getting. Uh, you know, it's wild. I, I wouldn't have guessed World of Warcraft would still be a thing today, so it's possible. Yeah. What is dead me never die? <laughs> Death is an illusion if, in some parts of the world. If you if you go to the Marvel website and and look for Marvel games, you actually see Fortnite. Sure. Like, For, like, Fortnite but, is mm. a Marvel game now. Mm. It's so crazy. Does that mean Goku's in the Marvel universe now? Yes. Confirmed. <laughs> oh my god. Confirmed. You you, you uh, think you think the multiverse in Avengers was good? Nah. Look at Fortnite. <laughs> you can have Rick Sanchez there... fighting freaking Peter Griffin and uh the what is it? The um uh what is this the Stranger Things uh Demogorgon? Mm -hmm. Demogorgon Demogorgon, yeah. uh fighting Goku. <laughs> like what? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> is there um any uh magic the gathering related stuff in fortnite because they did a crossover where there was fortnite cards printed in magic the gathering of course so did. i'm wondering if they kind of like <laughs> i mean 
back and forth it i just i i haven't seen anything for uh f- from the fortnite camp which is why i was wondering i don't know about that no idea it's just like there's a yeah. card gun yeah <laughs> i i mean there's there's a lot of like weird cards that have just like fortnite people and skins and stuff on it. i think like the bus is one of the cards yeah there's landmarks like, and locations it's... there's the bus there's uh, uh the battle bus is launcher. totally in the little city where you go to find spider i saw a picture of that the other day and somebody's like this is the battle bus and i was like oh it totally is the battle bus that's obnoxious that is obnoxious <laughs> gosh it's a plague. That's why it's gonna survive the next forty years. Yeah, because <laughs> it'll. That's how long the plague will be around. Uh, listen, back to your back to your comment about how uh, this is becoming the new Roblox. Until they adopt some sort of in-game currency system where you can't actually buy anything until you buy Fortnite bucks, and then you can't withdraw any of those Fortnite bucks from selling things until you get to a certain threshold. And they got V bucks. Yeah, but is it is it like Roblox level? It's not. Okay. Not anywhere close. Okay. I, that's, it's, no, that's it's normal in-game currency. That's it's ridiculous. Not, I have it's not heard, like earnable. I have heard rumors things. about nothing to do with the currency about how when they go to Unreal Engine five, they will have true uh, community moddable maps. So it it will it will become if if they are going that route, it will become the next Roblox. Oh man. Oh man, let's hope not. Let's hope not. <laughs> All right, other things in news. Uh, real important. Elden Ring just hit 17 million copies sold. Yeah, but this is a dead game. Yeah, six months they made. They hit 17 million, which is more than all three Dark Souls games combined. That's wild. Yeah. That's wild. In a six month, in a six month period. No, just in general, I think. Okay. Okay. It's wild. Uh, yeah, this actually this says. Uh, well, this says the Dark Souls series has amassed a lifetime sales of 27 million. Okay, maybe maybe it was in a six month period then. Huh. that would make Headlines more sense. Being extravagant, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, no, I know it did. It it outsold Dark Souls three in like a month. Yeah, <laughs> like it was insane. You uh, one of those 17 million, Owen? Owen, Owen, when multiple of us are saying this is one of the best video games ever made, if if you were to come to me and you were to say, Aaron, Fallout 76 is one of the best video games ever made, I would be like, you would laugh in my face. No, I wouldn't. I would go play it if you said that. There is no way you will look at me and say that. (laughs) Isn't that true? We're going to hit Game of the Year podcast and Owen's going to be like, guys, I was let me solo her all along. I'm the I'm the best Elden Ring player. I love the ring. <laughs> oh man, let me so. Did you see that they sent him like a, a whole bunch sword? of yeah, like a, a sword, sword, a whole bunch of other things. That's awesome. Yeah. I, anyway, I made a separate Steam account to hide it from you all. <laughs> I that's way too complex for me. Just by far already. It's worth it, Owen. You got to do it. You got to commit. You just got to do it. 17 million copies, I though. Mean, that is uh, that is insane. That's, that's a lot of freaking money. Yeah, that's a lot. But clearly worth it. And uh, by the way, back to backtrack a little bit. If anybody does find a GeoGuessr for Elden Ring, I am totally on board to play some GeoGuessr Elden Ring. So let's let's make sure we find that so we can all, mm-hmm. we can all jump in on that action. Uh, also, Gamescom. 
Yeah, Gamescom, I didn't even realize it was happening until the day after they did like their big conference presentation thing, and there's a bunch of news about it, but uh, there's some pretty big stuff that came out of this. Um, I just got a list here. Pretty much, there's a game from ex-Rockstar devs, like one of the main uh, lead devs on, from Rockstar left and formed a studio uh, called Everywhere, and the trailer makes no sense at all but it's got like themes and visual styles from like everything that you can think of like medieval times cyberpunk modern day like all this stuff going on um don't mean they're making an assassin's creed game i don't know it's (laughs) unclear what it's supposed to be people are scared that it's going to be some sort of like nft driven community content based thing oh why like even the symbol that they're using for their their game looks like it could totally be like a currency symbol Mm. um i don't know we'll see what that turns out being uh sony announced a xbox elite controller competitor called the dual sense edge it's a, well, sounds edgy what is that it's like an upgraded ps5 controller it's got paddles on the back it's got uh replaceable thumbsticks um switches on the triggers for like how the depth that you pull it in um oh like all the features that are on the Xbox Elite, plus better. I'm assuming like better build quality. It'll feel nicer to hold in the hand, stuff like that. Um, and the Just entire a fancy controller. Yeah. That one of the big things is like the entire stick assembly is replaceable, and they're selling those. So like if you start to get stick drift or something like that, you can just replace the whole stick and the controller. Or you get mad and throw your controller across the room. You get to replace it. Yeah. yeah. I watched a freaking TikTok last night where a dude whipped his controller at the ground outside in a bounced and just whipped into his above ground pool and he goes no <laughs> like what did you think yeah, was going you <laughs> why, why are you upset? Uh, they um they showed off more callisto protocol gameplay it continues to look sick oh man that game i hope I mean, that doesn't just yeah man it looks so good yeah um uh, there's long been like uh, Lords of the Fallen 2 rumor slash semi-confirmed development. And now that is, it has like a cinematic trailer, but it's not called Lords of the Fallen 2. It's called The Lords of the Fallen. So fuck off. <laughs> That's a crime. They're That's doing illegal. That Fast and Furious yeah. naming scheme. God damn it. It looks, it looks insane. If, if the gameplay is anything like, or not the gameplay specifically, but if the world is anything like what the trailer looks like, mm-hmm. it will be a wild ride. The first game well, was first like game a was bad, bad so. Dark Souls ripoff. <laughs> yeah, no one seemed to like it, so I'm a little surprised to hear there's a sequel. Yeah. But I don't know. High hopes, maybe. Moving Out 2 got announced. They showed more Hogwarts Legacy stuff that still looks yeah. kind of cool. Tales from the Borderlands. A single back player, for a right? Sequel. Yeah. That's also kind of wild to me. Uh, the Hogwarts game? Yeah. No, no, I'm pretty Tales sure it's from the Borderlands. Oh, yeah. Tales from the Borderlands. It's wild to back. me that that would get a sequel. People I mean, really like Tales good. from the Borderlands. I don't know. Oh. It's like extremely well rated. That's interesting. Yeah. It wasn't by written way, by Gearbox. People say the writing's really good in it. Gearbox didn't write it. Did Oh, sorry. I'm um did The Walking Dead it people. It was um yeah, it was Telltale. Telltale. So they um, did the first one. By the way, on the on the Hogwarts Legacy thing, they have a collector's edition that they announced that's $300. And it has Excellent. an electromagnetic floating wand that comes with it. Oh, are you getting that for Janae? This game, no, I'm not gonna buy it. To play it. 
Although she did, she did say to me the other day, she was like, I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to pre-order Hogwarts Legacy here within the next, I don't know, exactly two days. I was like, what? <laughs> what? The only game she actually does about. Not, not tuned into any video game news at all. Still knows at- everything about Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> everything about Harry Potter. You cannot reveal something that she has not known about Harry Potter. It's ridiculous. Going back to my question, that is single player, right? I believe so. Yeah. Because when it was revealed, I think everybody lost their mind because they thought it was going to be like an MMO and mm-hmm. it's most definitely I think it's like an RPG uh, yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. It is pre-order um, is available. Look at that. What else is interesting on here? Sonic Frontiers is coming in November. Is that interesting? No. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it'll be funny. <laughs> yeah. That's my guess. <laughs> Quantic Dream has a new game that they announced under the waves. Oh, so, aren't they also water working based? on a Star Wars game? Yeah, that's right. Aren't, yeah, they are. Huh. Cool. Two games at once, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, they put out Goat Simulator 3 gameplay. Wild. <laughs> um, Dude, number 2 was so good. The Subnautica developer announced their new game, and it's like a turn-based tactical combat game there you that's are. styled like a tabletop game. Like, you have minis that you can paint. And you Wait, control the like you play it like it's a miniature game on a table. Okay, R- written by Brandon Sanderson, huh? Uh, oh yeah, I forgot that part. That's true. That's yeah. that's pretty. That's pretty sick. Okay. All right. It's called uh, it's called Moonbreaker. Elden uh, Ring came out with uh, George R. R. Martin as as uh, yeah. you know mm-hmm. writing, and everybody's like, ah, oh, we need to get some people. Mm-hmm. Hire some anyone. Wow, Brandon Sanderson's not anyone. He's I know. Writer. I know. I know. I know. It's like that, George R. R. Martin. It's like Warhammer <laughs> 40k style tabletop gameplay, apparently. Very different direction for that studio to go in. Yep. Yeah, I would not have guessed that, but <laughs> all right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a game called Atlas Fallen. It's it's sand based, you know. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. great, well, Alex. Anakin it's... doesn't like that. <laughs> it's yeah, a sand em up. It's like a, <laughs> I don't know. It looks like an adventure RPG style game. It looks pretty. Like combat looks neat. I don't know. I, I basically bit, don't know I'm, what this game is, but it, yeah, it just from yeah. a couple of visuals, it's it's cool. I'm confused by the words you have said because you said sand, but then yeah, you you're just like, described regular gameplay. And... You're like sand mages or something. Like sand is your ba- basically your earth. <laughs> Sounds vendors. good. Yeah. Why do we let him describe things sand again? Benders. You're the sand benders, yeah, essentially. It, it looks maybe like Monster Hunter is what I got the feel. Oh, really? Does it make you feel like Sandman? Feel. <laughs> uh, they put out a gameplay trailer for High on Life, which is the the Rick and Morty game developer. Oh, yeah. The Justin yeah, yeah. Orland studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people thought that looks really bad, like the gameplay looks bad. I mean, I don't think any the... of their other games have had good gameplay, so Mm-mm. yeah, I feel right. When it comes to that, would it actually be the gameplay that you're looking at, or the clips? You're and probably looking funny for dialogue. The, yeah, like, right. This, the Rick and Morty humor. Yeah, and the Justin Roiland voice acting. Um, what else was in here? Dead Island oh, Two still uh, exists. Dead, Dead Island Two got like a date and stuff. That's weird. Yeah, and it's like still a trailer a thing, apparently. Uh, it looks all right. Yeah, I don't know. Sounds good. Yeah, that game got announced in like 2014 or something, and has been through three different developers. Always so a good sign. Everyone no way made it, it be a bad. little better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but yeah, a lot of big stuff out of there. I don't know if I missed anything else important, but the, oh, uh, there's an official Pokemon collaboration with Mini, as in the car company. 
Oh gosh. What? There's a there's a mini that's based on Pikachu kind of apparently. Gamer card. It looks oh, Caitlin, new car. Pokemon X Mini Ace Man. Wait, yeah. isn't doesn't the new Pokemon game have like car Pokemon? Am I making this it, up? It it has Doesn't a Pokemon that becomes into a motorcycle, if that's what you're talking about. If you want a tie-in, <laughs> yeah. Ready? What are we doing? Well, they need to make it's a not even yellow, so I don't know. Yeah, it's, 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 not a yellow it's Pikachu. Pikachu. <laughs> it's because it's their electric car, so it's mm. it's nothing. They should pick like Voltorb or something. I feel like. yeah. Uh, the, other, the other things I did see from this, Homeworld 3 got a new gameplay trailer, which looks really mm -hmm. cool. I know none of you guys play Homeworld, but for some reason, that is still a game that I love, that I have beaten the first two of, and I cannot wait for the third. Is that... Mm -hmm. Sorry if this makes me sound really dumb. Is that the Abe's Odyssey games? No. 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 It's, a, it's a space RTS, which oh, sounds awful. <laughs> it's like a three-dimensional <laughs> space <laughs> RTS. <laughs> God, that sounds miserable. The, the story is insane in Homeworld. I freaking love it. I will take uh, your word for it. The mm -hmm. other thing that I, I wanted to mention, too, is they uh, they did announce that Marauders is going to open access in October, or uh, early access in October, which I, I'm i really pumped about. Have you guys heard about before? Have we not talked about Marauders? Maybe. I have no idea what Marauders is. Oh, yes, I've never heard that word in my life. Shoot. <laughs> It's like a uh, tactical first-person shooter in space where you're flying around with uh, oh, spaceships. Space yeah. Yes. Sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, it looks freaking cool. Everything I've seen from it looks great. Um, people crashing into other spaceships, boarding them, killing everybody on board, grabbing all their gear, moving on to the next ship. Yeah, mm -hmm. I could just imagine playing three matches of this, realizing I lose all of my gear, realizing mm -hmm. how... like. If they make this arcadey, like um, what the cycle or yep. hunt, this could be phenomenal. If they make it super hardcore, like Escape from Tarkov, I'm a find me off. I'm, I'm a little worried. Sign that me it's off. Be Escape from Tarkov. -y. <laughs> a little worried. Yeah. Anyway, lots cool. of stuff announced. Really cool. Uh okay. Kotor. Let's talk about Kotor real quick. Yeah, right, we talked um, about. It. Let's move on. Last <laughs> last podcast. I made fun of Owen because I said that he made them stop making the KOTOR remake because he was streaming KOTOR. <laughs> um, but apparently it's still happening, so they have moved it's it to a new... now. <laughs> they moved it to a new developer. <laughs> so um, there's kind of like more that goes into this Embracer group, which I'll talk about in a second, owns Aspire and like they had the license to make the KOTOR remake and they the Aspire was trying to do it, but Aspire, they wanted it to be like a triple A title. It's like a full remake and Aspire has only ever basically done ports. Mm. So apparently they were failing pretty hard at, at what they wanted to do with it. Mm. So they've moved it to Saber Interactive. Um, hopefully it'll have a better end result there. But I also wanted to talk about Embracer Group in general because they're kind of crazy. They keep on buying video game companies like they snatched up a lot of uh the square enix western stuff that got offloaded they bought uh gearbox last year uh they bought 3d realms they bought uh slipgate uh asmodi they purchased they got perfect world look Dang. um at some point you look at disney who just buys up everybody else and you think that's a good fucking idea let me do yeah. the same we so they're basically like a, a, now. yeah they're like a billion dollar multiple multiple billion dollar group of companies that keeps on buying up 
video game entertainment properties and Tripwire. I forgot about them. Beamdog. Um, you forgot about Middle Earth Enterprises, which owns the oh my entire gosh, way to this ruin my punchline. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were going for a punchline. My like, goodness, this is I my topic. Forgot this one. Forgot Listen, this one. Forgot I've, this one. The whole, the whole reason why I put this thing on here is because they bought literally the rights to all of Lord of the Rings, like every aspect of Lord of the Rings, except for the books. So the books are still owned by some publishing company that puts them out. Everything else, movies, TV show, like video game stuff is now owned by Embracer Group. Wow. Can I hear and... this from Aaron, though? I feel like he says it better. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That, they uh, bought Lord of the Rings trilogy <laughs> in the Hobbit IP. I mean, it's just crazy. It's it's kind of nuts. They, I mean, with how heavily involved in purchasing video game studios they are, it could mean like cool things for Lord of the Rings games. Maybe mm-hmm. like another Lord of the Rings online. Um, <laughs> but they've also like said something about how like movies and stuff like that are not out of the question. It could be it could end up being like a Disney situation. Disney bought Star Wars and then made like a bunch of movies and TV shows that people are, are not really exactly. Good. Are mostly bad. super that excited about, <laughs> and now Embracer Group's going to do the same thing, but with Lord of the Rings. Mm. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see. I mean, uh, speaking of uh, Lords of the Rings, let's talk about what was announced over at the Wizards Presents, which was the fact that there's going to be a Lords of the Rings Magic: The Gathering set. Oh my god, I'm of so course. excited. I mean, <laughs> talk about magic this podcast. so weird. Uh, yeah, this is the time that I get to talk about magic for five minutes. Um, so <laughs> Wizards did their uh, press thing, and so they were like, hey, we're going to talk about all the new stuff that's happening in Wizards, which is basically magic and D&D. And the D&D stuff was, hey, we're going into... Uh, they're not additions anymore, but a uh, future rule set um, called D&D 1, because it's just one D&D, and we're done now, and this is all it. And uh, It's just basically kind of 5e.5, um, but I think it's kind of cool. Uh, they are trying to keep things together. They're trying to ha- let people have some fun with it. Um, and finally like, letting people have fun with D&D. I mean, yeah. <laughs> about time. They're, they're trying to, you know, basically make sure that you can still have everything backwards compatible so you don't just, like, waste the past X amount of years of making 5e, which I think is probably a good idea, but also listen to your player base and be like, hey, what, uh, what, what are you, you know, what do you guys want? Uh, and then we'll put it into one D&D. Um, so I'm excited to try it out. It seems fun. Um, and then they also mentioned that there's a bunch of magic stuff happening, uh, one of which was, as I mentioned, the Lords of the Ring set. There's also going to be um, a um, Doctor Who thing, which seems very cool, uh, that there's going to be some Doctor Who cards, um, because it's all part of their whole, like, basically cross universes thing to be like look other franchises you can hang out with our franchise uh i guess they're taking a note from fortnite there um i don't really care too much about the cross stuff i think the only reason why the lords of the ring one seems interesting is that whereas everything else is just kind of 
magic cards that already exist but renamed and put new art to fit into doctor who the walking dead um you know whatever else uh the lords of the ring thing is like brand new cards and actually going to be an entire set um so i think that was kind of like the neat thing of being it's like oh this is different it's not just a cosmetic skin where you uh you know where, where you just kind of like oh hey let's put a fortnite skin on it and be done with it um so it's actually kind of new new territory um also the other thing that they announced they were like hey here's all of the sets that are coming out in the next year and a half and they did it so disney like it it just seemed like kevin feige should have been giving the thing because they're like here's the entire story arc that we're gonna mm. embark on it's gonna start in dominaria and then we're gonna go here and then here and then here and then everything is gonna come together with like the march of the machines and then there's gonna be a set after that called the march of machines epilogue and it's like so you just like saw what marvel was doing and thought fuck we should steal that for our storytelling are they, calling, um, are they calling it phase something? Phase one, phase two of this? Yeah, it, it's 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 something weird like that, and it, pretty much everybody was like, "This is a weird way for you to tell your story." Um, but the common conception was that um, basically the War of the Spark, which I know Aaron had remarked on as being like the coolest trailer and being such a neat thing, uh, awesome. and like. That was like supposed to be like the the big storytelling crossover of like all of the planes, all of the planeswalkers, everything, all at what like all leading up to that one end game moment. And I guess it didn't pay off enough because then they were like, "Fuck it, we need another end game moment, so we're making a new one next year." And I was like, "Why? I mean, Why do this to us?" They even put they even put a uh, like a, a timeline together that looks just like. Exactly. Marvel's release schedule timeline. Did they have this like, up behind them while they're walking around with a microphone and like revealing one thing at a time? I mean, they 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 should have. They should have just done that and had Gavin Voorhees just talking about it and being like, "Yeah, this is weird." Um, wild. wild. Yeah, it was just fucking wild. But yeah, new D and D, exciting, new magic, cool. On to the next thing. <laughs> Okay, film, 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 film. Let's talk a couple things on film. Chad and Alex, you guys went and watched uh, Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Yeah. Yeah. Good title. Excellent title. title. Excellent title. How was it? That was uh, good. Yeah, it's it's weird because it was CG, for one. Oh, what? Um, yeah, the entire movie, except for they used a couple clips from previous stuff that happened on the tv show and that was still traditional 2d animation um but it was traditional 2d animation but it was also updated yeah weird Weird. they showed a they showed an alternate angle of a a fight that happened against frieza in dragon ball z that as far as i'm aware didn't ever exist before and it was still 2d animated but it was like in a memory (laughs) like Inside well, of the CG animation, it was weird. The way that it was like shot was like hand cam footage. Somebody had footage kinda. of the fight. Yeah. yeah, it was like somebody like cell phone recorded like that fight, and then they're like, "Yeah, these aliens, they're trying to take over the planet. Look, they fight each other." And then it was just like hand cam footage, and it's like, "Oh crap!" 
uh i think the cg was like for the most part like really well done though yeah oddly enough it didn't actually bother me after i got into the movie a bit yeah, uh, it, it like almost first appeared on screen it was kind of like whoa what is this it's it's almost like the visual style of uh dragon ball fighters applied to a whole movie mm. um i mean it's a good looking game yeah right and it was like really smooth and they because it was cg they got to do like a bunch of crazy stuff with the camera work that they probably wouldn't do in regular anime um yeah it was kind of like a fan service film for people that long for the time that piccolo and gohan had the spotlight so this so that... was a good dragon ball movie for me to miss probably yeah <laughs> There was a lot of, I mean, we are self-aware and we're going to make jokes about being self-aware that you mm, probably, as a viewer who has not seen much of the universe, I, would not understand. I really enjoyed the Broly film that I watched. I don't remember the title of it, whatever, yeah. but... It Dragon like, Ball Super Broly. Okay, there we go. Dragon yeah, Ball Super on, Broly. Aaron. <laughs> I should have known. Should have known. Uh, but I didn't really feel like there was a lot that I needed to know going into that film. It yeah. was a very clean cut kind yeah. of self-isolated this one was the definitely not was, that uh, okay the story was yeah kind of isolated in that movie this one does a lot of references not just to z but to dragon ball regular oh. dragon ball um, is that how it's pronounced like it's mm-hmm. well, in that, in that manner yeah, i was the good old dragon ball, dragon ball. Is that what you guys want to watch the beginning of the movie starts with like flashbacks from dragon ball which is crazy because they have to and they actually say there's like a bit of dialogue there. Like if you if you're old enough to remember this happening and I'm like, dang, they're basically calling them their fans out because this, <laughs> this stuff that came so long ago, like 30 plus years ago, you know, um, and they have to do like a recap of what happened with like Goku versus the Red Ribbon Army and stuff in Dragon Ball, because that's kind of what they're touching on in this movie. Weird stuff. And then Gohan gets a new transformation that they show for like 60 seconds maybe and then it's over i was kind of disappointed by that but in general i think it was pretty good the the internet is a little upset there's there's actually kind of good reviews on it but the majority of what i've read about though is they're upset that gohan hasn't been training for years and Mm -hmm. then just meets like goku's and vegeta's power who has literally been grinding their butts off trying Mm. to achieve they've also like died multiple times like in the process of like achieving their great strengths while gohan's just like let me research ants super say ants they make a super say ants joke it's very funny (laughs) it sounds hysterical they said that they found a, a species of ants that like when they're mad they turn yellow and glow and they called them super say ants very funny um <laughs> zinger did the people that said this not realize that that's gohan's character for i was gonna forever? say I, that, I thought that was how he was in the show as well Well, if you look at i brought this up to alex while we were in the car while i was driving him home because his car broke down uh i brought it up <laughs> that basically <laughs> inside of dragon ball super when they're like before the tournament happens goku and gohan fight and like Gohan had first of all still had not trained in forever and so when they're fighting uh Goku goes god form and Gohan still keeps up with him for a little bit longer mm-hmm. and it's like that's just go like go like it is repeatedly said within the dialogue from the writers that hey Gohan could potentially be like the ultimate being but he just doesn't because he likes 
studies. Yeah. <laughs> He's a nerd. He's a nerd. <laughs> nerd? I mean, if he put in the effort that Goku put in, he would annihilate everybody. Like, Alex, correct me if I'm wrong from the original show, or I guess, Chad, if you also watched the yeah. original show, but didn't, like, Cell, like, killed Goku, and Gohan, who was, like, 12? Yeah. Just, like, whooped his ass? Yeah. Am I yeah. remembering that, this right? That happens. Uh, I, I mean, that's that's been Gohan's story since the beginning. Even when he was a baby, like, there are bursts of, like, hidden potential within him that just come out when there's like emotional stuff that happens to him. Sure. Well, so if you look at the different characters, you look at Goku and he just loves the thrill of a fight and that's what he feeds off of. And that's like how he gets stronger is just somebody else being stronger. And he loves that and, and, and wants to fight. Vegeta has pride and that's his whole story of just like, he, he needs to be the most powerful just because it, like his pride won't let him not be the most powerful. And then Gohan, his whole thing is, as soon as one of his friends starts getting hurt, a, a switch flips within him and the power is released. And so, like, Cell, like, literally starts killing people around him and Gohan just goes Super Saiyan 2. And, yeah. like, that's that's been his whole, like, it, like people are like... First time oh, anybody went Super Saiyan 2, by the way. That was, yeah. that was like, a new thing. Oh, yeah. Super Saiyan 2, not as yeah. it also went Super yeah. Saiyan 2. No, 2 no, no, is no. in the number. Kill, yeah. please. The second <laughs> Super Saiyan <laughs> level. Yeah, so like it, I feel like they miss the mark of like that's what the creators have designed Gohan to be as an emotional powerhouse and like he doesn't need to train, but I could see why people are upset that he doesn't need tra to train while like Man, I'm so happy that we're having like an in-depth character analysis oh on Dragon Ball right now <laughs> on this podcast. I didn't think this was going to happen. <laughs> this is good stuff. We should do this every week. Oh, jeez. Every week? Oh, no, <laughs> I don't know about that. This is, this is what... <laughs> I was talking to my mom the other day, and she was like, yeah, Alex is just never excited about anything. I was like, mention Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> I was just like, just... <laughs> and, she, and she goes, you know what? I did mention that there was a poster that we had, and, you know, I was like, hey, do you want this? And he went, oh, man, that's a classic. <laughs> And that's when you know Alex is excited right yeah. there. If he says, oh, man, and he follows it up with a sentence. Oh, man. But then she's like, love you. And he's like, love you. <laughs> you excited I'm coming to Kansas? Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. You want to go watch Dragon Ball with me? Yeah, let's go. A <laughs> uh, couple other things yeah, in guys. film realm. <laughs> I wanted to mention uh, Prey. Uh, I watched Prey recently. It is a prequel to the Predator series. Um, it was released on Hulu. It is based in the 18th century with a Comanche tribe, and a Predator lands on Earth and is, you know, doing what Predators do. Uh, I will say this cast is almost entirely Native American. It has a Comanche dub. There is a oh. Comanche producer on this movie. Holy shit. Um, wow. Okay. It is very well received. It has like I think a currently a ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the only thing I think this movie struggles with is some semi poor CG at times, but the story is excellent. It's only an hour and forty minutes long. It's not a really long movie at all, but you, it's like pretty enthralling the whole time. And I really really enjoyed it. If you guys like Predator series at all, a lot of people are saying like top three of all the Predator movies of all time. Wow. Uh, I mean, which I'm not even a fan of Predator, but the Comanche thing is enough that I'm like, all right, I'll watch it. That seems yeah. interesting so, enough. 
when I first started, okay, so the thing that I, I wish they did was I wish they filmed the movie with the actors speaking in Comanche. They do not. Mm. They film the movie with the actors speaking in English, but there is a Comanche dub for it. The first time I started watching it in 4K, I could see their mouths moving and Comanche is playing on my speakers. And I'm like, or this language I didn't understand because I didn't know what it was at the time. No, you know it. And <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? So I turn on the subtitles. The subtitles are in Comanche. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, he could read Comanche. That's why he knew that. So I message Alex. <laughs> well, it says, it says, okay. it says in, okay, first of all, she's Cherokee. That's totally different. It says <laughs> in Comanche, and then it has the Comanche words after. That's how I knew it was Comanche. But I message Alex, and I was like, hey, this, this movie is broken. He's like, oh, the server does, like, it filters out foreign languages, but it doesn't recognize the language of Comanche. I was like, whoa, whoa, uh, easy, bud. Easy. You need to get that fixed on the server. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, the movie is filmed uh, with all the actors speaking in English, with the exception of there is a portion of the movie that involves French colonists, or not colonists, French, like people who came over trying to like colonize the area who were French. That seems like colonists. Colonists? Yeah, that seems like <laughs> colonialism. They, they have a term for them in the movie, and I can't remember what they're called. But anyway, there is like, they're, they're kind of like conquistadors. There's a portion of the movie where it's like almost just them, where there's like, Two, two people from the Comanche tribe, but then a whole bunch of French people. They are all speaking in French, which is mm. weird because the rest of the movie is in, it's like the localized English for the main cast, but then mm, yeah. when they actually introduce somebody else, it's in French, which was a very strange way to approach that. But anyway, the movie's really good. Uh, first time actress played the main character and she nailed it. I, I thought the movie was really great. So if you again, if you like the Predator series, it's really, really good. I was impressed. Uh, last but not least, Chad watched apparently a TV show that is allegedly better than the original Breaking Bad, and that yeah. is Better Call Saul. So I feel like the frequency at which I'm bringing Better Call Saul up lately uh, <laughs> should be a, a sign that like it might be a good show. Uh, and there was a story arc of uh, Chad trying to come to terms that Better Call Saul, which is a spinoff, Breaking Bad with the kooky lawyer, Saul Goodman, uh, it's actually good. And um, yeah, I, I, I kept like, like pushing it away because I'm like, everybody's saying it's so good, better than Breaking Bad. Like it can't be. And I was just like, I was watching. I was like, it's, it's kind of good. And you know, first season or second season, I'm like, ah, it's kind of good. And but I would still say, at the end of the day, Breaking Bad is better, just personally. Uh, the internet kind of agrees with me. I mean, you go to IMDb, uh, I think Breaking Bad has like a nine something and Better Call Saul has like an 8.9. So, I mean, they're both up there. They're both incredible. Um, I will say that I've, I've gotten to season six and I just passed an episode in which when the credits started rolling, all I could do was sit there. Usually I just like pop the, pop the credits off and like go on to the next episode. But I just sat there staring at my TV, watching the credits just kind of flicker on. And I was just like, what did I just witness? <laughs> and it just, it, it's one of those, like, I, I don't know if you remember watching Breaking Bad at all, Aaron, and having, like, similar moments. Oh, yeah. But, like, it, the impact that this w had is just, like, I still am getting chills from Dude. that episode. And, like, it's... Whew. That show is Breaking Bad was notorious for having like scenes where people would just walk away like I what 
Yeah. Like the scene with Tuco when they when they actually take uh both of them out to Tuco's house where the grandfather is. Oh, we're just going to spoil the Oh, it's <laughs> listen, it's like it's like a 30-year-old show, all right? Okay, no uh. it is not. <laughs> 2008, Brett, I think. Yeah. Lander. Oh. I I will say that they're like in the same way that in Breaking Bad there was um Walter White and Jesse, uh there's like similar characters in uh Saul, better call Saul. Um they're all just it's just a cast full of onions which is basically just the, the layer after layer on every single one of them instead of having that just like heroic person and that's all they are like nobody is good in in these shows like there's no there's no like person that you're like even the main characters where you're supposed to be rooting for them you're just like not really rooting for them uh and it's just i, I don't know, it's just so good and it's it's you have to watch breaking bad and then you go into Better Call for, for El Camino, and then you go to Better Call Saul. And it's just it's just all of the things that they expanded on, where where Saul Goodman inside of Breaking Bad just just comes off with these one liners of like, uh, "Did X character send you?" or um, "It was at X place." And then they took those sentences and they built the world around it inside of Better Call Saul. And it's just it makes it's just incredible. It's an incredible show. It's great. I. I would argue that uh, the the comment you just made about like there's no one that's actually good in that show is one of the reason that The Boys is so well received by so many people is because everyone everyone in that show you hate everyone yeah no one is good no one has like you don't watch that show and go okay this is the person that I'm rooting for you just don't right. you everyone is just awful yeah and it's just, and I think it was the same way with Breaking Bad too you just hate everybody in the show. There's also this flow of it where it's like it's I mean it starts off as Jimmy McGill which is Saul Goodman. Mm-hmm. He is a lawyer and you're just watching him do lawyer things and seeing him struggle through uh, attempting to uh you know make a name for himself in in the law field and the dynamics between him and his brother and and his girlfriend and um seeing just like just ultimately, you know where he ends up in Breaking Bad, which is a criminal lawyer for like pretty much like cartel and bad people. Yeah. And so you just ultimately are watching this person who's fresh and not really he, he like not immoral, but like you just witness this fall from grace all the way to season six and, and just the progression of like all different stories all intertwining at the end is just this is a must watch. Like this is, if I had to say must watch, it's not engage kiss. It's, it's better call. Saul. <laughs> Good call. Okay. Is this the final season? This is the final season. Okay. And, right. uh, I think people were basically saying that, um, this could be a perfect show if they could land the se- uh, the series finale. And mm-hmm. from what I understand, I'm, I'm four episodes away. Uh, and from what I understand is they, they did perfect on the execution, unlike mm. some other shows, you know, Game of Thrones. <clears throat> yep, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. What Game do you mean Thrones. Game of Thrones never ended? They just stopped halfway through mm. and stopped making episodes. <laughs> I there was like no more books. Take. They're waiting for the books to finish. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly, that's the smart way to do it. Don't, you know, don't rush it out and ruin everything. Yeah. And we should probably short mention, I hope somebody, and I know Alex is watching the new Game of Thrones prequel. Yeah, is anybody else watching House of Dragons? it? House no. of Dragons. House okay. Of Dragons. Is anyone like, gonna watch the Lord of the Rings show with me? 
I'll watch it, yeah. I'll probably watch it. Oh, Alex sounds watch it. really excited about so, it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Alex is not excited. I already know he's not excited. And y'all are it. like, nah. Obviously. Caitlin will watch it, most definitely. Caitlin, okay. Lord of the Rings is like her all-time favorite ever. That's it, That's, period. It's because it's one I've of the best. I've only seen that first trailer they put out, and it did not excite me. <laughs> but I will watch the show. Okay. All right. I tend to be really skeptical of, like, spinoffs. Like, yeah. I know, obviously, it sounds like Better Call Saul kind of went beyond it. And I did I did watch the first season of Better Call Saul, and it was pretty good. Uh, but then that was back when it came out, and I just never, like, picked it back up. Mm-hmm. But I'm always like Game of Thrones at this point. Like, man, I don't think you could pay me money to care about Game of Thrones anymore. That's yeah. like you shot your shot. You messed it up real, real bad. Better Call Saul is definitely the like you the had exception. to sell me on. Sure. The the lawyer, the cool, like because you watch him in Breaking Bad and you're like, it's not really my favorite character. Sure. But then like you watch him in Better Call Saul and you're just like, what? wow like he's actually like really good actor like mm-hmm. it's insane wait wait who was your favorite character in breaking bad then because mine was definitely skylar your favorite <laughs> character was skylar mine was uh jr she is oh my gosh Walter the way that boy eats breakfast i'll tell oh. you what <laughs> holy crap Skylar right. like one of the worst characters. Period. He, oh, no man. one likes Skylar. <laughs> she is the worst. Really, all about Hank. I don't all know if Hank. I could think of a different worst character. <laughs> be It'd be hard. It'd be hard. Uh, all right. To wrap us up and get us out of here, Alex, I think you have something uh, kind of a, a last minute thing here. Yeah, it's been requested. Uh, this makes the podcast. Uh, <laughs> Mh and Eh are Starfinder compatriots that play our Tuesday night campaign are trying to get us to join a uh, fantasy football league as wow. in like right now they're messaging about it this Why? instant and <laughs> do they know who we are <laughs> they, we didn't respond obviously because we're podcasting and then they went on a tirade they're like we were excited for your thing we waited an entire year to play your dumb rpg nerd <laughs> stuff <laughs> and they're like you could play fantasy football with us and then MH is like explaining like Yahoo is basically like the GM and you make decisions Jesus instead of rolling Christ. for initiative and you make lineup <laughs> decisions. And then like, like people that are on the bench have to make a fortitude save to get healed. And you might have to make a, you know, other saves along the way to get people off of your bench. They explain this whole in-depth thing about like, basically it's like an RPG guys. You should totally play it. <laughs> it's very ridiculous. And then Janae let them know that we're not responding because we're podcasting. And they said, well, this better make it on the podcast. (laughs) So there it is. I'm going to respond immediately after the podcast is over. So you better just say no. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. It sounds dumb. Yeah. All right. Uh, Well, I think that's all we have. So uh, join us back in two weeks. We'll talk a little bit about, uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about House of Dragon, Lord of the Rings, because at that point, I think both shows will have, uh, House of Dragon will have had two episodes. Lord of the Ring will have at least its first episode. Uh, so tune back in then, and uh, we'll catch you then. Thanks so much for joining us. Catch you next time.
This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Chad McCoslin, Jake John Fetterkyle, Caleb Juno, and Owen Patterline. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. You can also check out our new series, The Discordant Signal, a multi-arc Starfinder adventure, live on Twitch every Monday at 8 p.m., and then out on YouTube and whatever podcasting app you are using at 6 p.m. on Thursdays. Again, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll catch you next time.